please be seated. Well, good morning. My name is Father Mike Cranach. I'm from Akron and have been a longtime friend of Father Sean's, and I'm very happy to be here with you all this morning. I want to start this morning with a story, and as I tell the story, I'm going to admit to you right out from the beginning that it's a strange story, but it has some strange parts to it. As strange as it is, however, it is entirely true. So here it is. Uh, a fun fact about Father Sean and I is we had both the same seminary training experience, which is rather uh, atypical in that we went to two seminaries. The first, uh, basically first half, we were in Pittsburgh at Trinity School for Ministry, and then we both graduated together from Ashland Theological Seminary here in Ohio. So an unusual path, and I think we're maybe the only two people that had that particular path in seminary, but that is the Lord's uh, path that he gave us, so that was a good thing. During that time, I lived in Pittsburgh when I went to seminary there uh, with my wife, and we had four girls at the time. We have five daughters now, so I am way outnumbered, <laughs> always have been. Um, we were living in Pittsburgh, and our house in Pittsburgh, especially the first six months that we were there, beginning this new season of life, studying for holy orders and preparing for ministry, um, a strange and really unsettling thing started to happen around our home. Um, and like I said, story's a little weird, but it is true. It started the very first day that I was leaving the house to get in the car to drive to my first seminary class. Now, it's not unusual to have critters and bugs and insects in the yard, and even in fact that where my house was was rather a rural area, so that wasn't unusual. And it's not unusual to get bit or stung by something, you know, when you're out in the yard a lot or whatever. But as I opened the door, there was two doors, like the storm door and the regular door to leave the house. As I opened the door, and proceeded out the door, there had been waiting for me, apparently, all night long, uh, a hornet. One of those nasty ones that'll chase you <laughs> and won't give up until it gets you. But it was, had to have been waiting for me up there, and as soon as I opened the door, it dive-bombed and got me right back here in the neck. And it hurt. <laughs> what a way to start. Well, like I said, that happens, right? You get stung by things. It's, it's the normal course of things. But then for the next set of weeks, and it was more than a few times, every time I would mow the lawn, I'd get stung by either a hornet like that, or a bee, or something, not all in the same place. It wasn't like I was just running over the same hive over and over and over again. Uh, so, and it was a big yard, so the two hours it would take me to mow the yard, I'd be getting more and more scared. It was messing with my head more and more scared every time I would do it because inevitably, inevitably I'd get stung. Then another time I remember it was night. The sun had set. It was dark. I was talking with my mom on the phone 
and telling her about how many times I've gotten stung in these last few weeks. It, it was like 22 times by now. Sometimes it wasn't even when I was mowing. I would just go outside, get stung. And, and I was telling her, like, this is, has me so unsettled. I don't want to live where I'm anxious and agitated just if I have to go outside in my own yard. So I'm outside in the dark after the sun has set when all those things are supposed to be asleep, right? Taking uh, towels off the line and I get stung on my foot while I'm telling her about this. And I can sort of chuckle about it now, but at the time it was really, really upsetting me. Um, and so unusual. And just a sense of uh, not being at peace at home. And home is supposed to be a sanctuary and a place of rest. And not having the ability to feel at peace there. Well, I'm going to come back in a moment and tell you how the story of the bees ends. But I want to make a comparison to the gospel passage that we heard this morning. Let me reread it, or part of it, just real quickly here. Jesus calms the storm. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now as you see that and hear in that story, as Jesus says to the winds and the waves, silence, be still, and they obey him, the disciples who were terrified of the storm, who were uh, at their wits end, were amazed that Jesus could do this. And it is an amazing thing. It is an amazing miracle that he spoke to nature and the nature which, as we know, he created, obeyed him. But there was also other layers of meaning here about what that would have represented to those disciples and even to the original readers of Scripture about the wind and the waves. Chaotic waters is a theme that we see all in Scripture. We heard it in the psalm this morning, talking about God's ability to speak calm to the chaotic waters. Chaotic waters in Scripture, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, uh, has deep meaning. Now, I'm not saying the story of Jesus and the wind of the waves is a metaphorical story. I'm not saying that at all. I believe it's, it's a, this is narrative. It's a real story. It literally happened. Jesus literally did this. But what I am saying is, the fact that it was the, the sea and it was wind and the waves means something to how in awe they were when he could speak to them and tell them, peace, be still. We see chaotic waters in the very beginning in Genesis where there was dark and there was chaos and there was disorder and the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters and then as God began to create, he brought order into chaos. He brought um, alignment in the midst of chaotic waters. And of course we see chaotic waters with 
the story of Noah and the flood and the destruction that it brought. We see it with Jonah um, and the large fish and his running away from the Lord's calling and the storm that ensues. Uh, Paul was trapped in storms and here we see the disciples with Jesus in a storm. From the people of this time and from the original readers of this scripture, the wind and the waves would have re literally represented wind and the waves, but it would have meant to them the worst, most terrifying chaos that you could experience. The most overpowering, uh, the most helpless that you could feel. I mean, think about when you look out at, at the ocean and the enormity of it and how small you can feel and you can hear the, the roar of the water and the power there. So that power in a storm, out of control, literally life-threatening, was just that for them. But it also, in their mindset and their culture, would have represented the worst it could possibly be, the most terrifying it could possibly be. So then you can see how when Jesus says, peace, be still, and it happens, of course they were relieved that they were no longer physically in danger, but they were also recognizing the spiritual significance of the moment. This man speaks to the most terrifying scenario that we know and that's in all of our religious history and says, peace be still, and the wind and the waves obey. It's not quite the level, because my life was not in danger, in Pennsylvania with my yard full of bees and my summer full of bee stings. But it was overwhelming and frightening and irritating and painful. And it did get, as ridiculous as it sounds, for me, this sense of, I can't stop this from happening. I've sprayed things, I've looked, I've been careful, I've done, and I can't stop myself from getting stung, and I hate this. <laughs> And what I did, right after I was talking to my mom in, uh, at the night one, I hung up the phone and I did really cry out to God. I said, God, this has to stop. I can't live like this. Weird but true. Then I heard come out of my mouth th this phrase that I hadn't really thought of ahead of time. It wasn't a prayer that I had written or practiced. I said, in the name of Jesus... I want to be at peace with every living being on this property. That's, that's my home. And then even as I was saying that, I heard those words and I thought, why'd you say that? <laughs> but it was true. It did come from my heart. Well, would you know that all those stings ended that day? Never again. I, that was 14 years ago. I, to uh, Full disclosure, I've been stung one time by a hornet since then, but it was here in Ohio, and uh, it was just a single <laughs> sting. had nothing to do with that. Now, what am I saying? Is I'm certainly not saying that's some magic prayer, or that we can go around and just, uh, just speak things, and they just happen. I, I haven't experienced that God works in that way, per se. At the same time, this is the same God, it's the same Jesus who loves us, who gave himself for us, who is alive in us as when we belong to him. It's the same Jesus that told the wind and the waves 
to be still, to be at peace. On that day, my wind and waves were those bees. In that moment, they were terrifying and the worst thing. So the question for us today is, we're not out at sea. Maybe even the idea or the, the, the concept of a storm doesn't even sound that frightening to us, but there's other things. The question that you might ask yourself is, what is your wind and your waves? What is your storm? What is that thing that is overwhelming, terrifying, that you feel powerless in the face of, that you can't in your own strength change it and make it different? That comes in lots of different forms for lots of different ones of us. Financial insecurity, poor health, addiction, grieving, fears. The list can go on and on. The things that batter up against us, the things that make us terrified, the things that seem way out of our control. Notice in the story, as the storm rages on, the disciples come up and they say to Jesus, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Do you notice they don't give him the weather report? They don't say, Hey, Jesus, wake up. The waves are 33 feet high. The winds are gusting at 85 miles an hour uh, and from south to southwest. They, they don't say it like that. They cut from the facts right to the heart of the matter with an honest question. Don't you care? Do you see us? Do you see the situation that we're in? Jesus, you're, you're, you're sleeping. You're here with us, but you're sleeping. Do you see what's going on? It's much more personal than giving him the weather report. It's, it's saying to Jesus, they are, are, am I okay here with you? It's the same when we think about the storms and the overpowering and the terrifying circumstances in our life. We can tell God about them and we should. But it's not that the interaction with the Lord isn't the interaction of, do you see this, uh, do you know how much money I make, God, and how it's not enough? He does. The heart of the matter is, God, I belong to you. Do you see me in this situation? Are you watching? Do you care? Can you do anything? Will you do anything? That's an open and vulnerable question. And it's a place, as difficult as it is and uncomfortable as it is, it's a place that God loves to meet us there. Because in, in those places, oftentimes our hearts are the most open. Because we're the most aware that the situation is outside of our control. Teacher, do you, do you not care that we're about to die? Jesus, do you not care that I'm facing this or suffering from that? or worried about this, or overcome with this. It's not an antagonistic, do you care? It's a calling of the heart, do you care? Do you care? And trusting in the good and right nature of God, that He does care. And that His heart is for us and not against us. That He intends good and not evil in whatever our situation is. Jesus doesn't then stand up and begrudgingly tell the wind and the waves. He just speaks to them. He created them. 
It's not amazing to him. He just says, peace, be still. We know that sometimes the threats in our life, well, oftentimes, most of the time, the threats in our life like I've talked about, for them wind and waves, bees in the yard, uh, all these life situations are external things. And sometimes, in our prayers, like mine with the, with the sting, bee stings, the power of God moves and the external circumstances change. And then we rejoice. That's a good thing. We also know from our life experience that sometimes the externals that terrify us, we, we go to the Lord and we seek the Lord, and the externals don't change, or they don't change right away, but God is still present and powerful and good and able and wanting to do something about it. So there's a way that Jesus speaks peace be still into our hearts and into our spirits in the midst of external conditions that may or may not change that is truly otherworldly, that is truly spiritually miraculous. Well, what am I saying? We heard in the epistle reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Many people, at least in our culture, many people have heard of Jesus Christ from a human point of view. A person in history, a teacher, maybe a prophet, uh, often quoted, part of culture in some way. Jesus from a human point of view. Just as Paul wrote here, how differently we know him now. As the people of God, that's our knowing of him as well. It can be when we place our trust in a personal way, not a human way, not an evaluating, yes, Jesus was a person who lived and spoke some things, but to receive him into our hearts and into our lives. To have an actual relationship with him, to belong to Christ, is another level. The picture is Christ uh, and, and upheld by Scripture that when we belong to Christ, that Christ dwells within us. If you will, he's in our boat. He's not something regarded that's far away, but that is really living inside of us. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, and the new life has begun. As we surrender to Christ, as we live in Christ and belong to Christ, Christ dwells within us. And this is fantastic because then when the wind and the waves and the stuff of life terrifies us and beats against us and overwhelms and overpowers us, Jesus is in your boat. It may feel sometimes like he's sleeping or not paying attention or off doing something else that's more important and not taking care of you or I or not meeting the situation. But it's not true. His sleeping wasn't in the boat wasn't a picture of him not caring about the well-being of the disciples. It was a picture of him being in perfect peace in the midst of the storm. 
they weren't able to do that because they were looking at the situation. He created the wind and the waves. He could be in perfect peace in the midst of the storm. With Jesus dwelling inside of us, no matter what storm is raging around us, call to Him. Wake Him up. Ask Him to give to you and to me that same peace that He's resting in the boat with in the midst of the storm. Sometimes the externals will change in an immediate or in a gradual way. Sometimes they don't. But there is in the Lord a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that is not of this world. A peace that we cannot give to ourselves. But one that's real. And it's not a thing. It's a person. It's the person of Jesus who dwells inside of all those who belong to Him. Let us pray. Lord, as we come before You this morning in worship, we come with grateful hearts that You are here among us. And we come to worship because we do not regard You from just a human point of view we do not regard you as an idea or as something from history or from long ago. But we regard you as the living God who is good and merciful and right and here with us. We welcome you into this place and into our hearts and our lives. Lord, you know the storms that rage around us. And I pray specifically this morning for those who are in the midst of a life storm. I pray, God, that you would show yourself powerful over the situation and the conditions of those storms. That you would defeat and cause to stop everything in our lives that brings destruction, fear, and terror. That you, God, who our Lord over all would say peace, be still. And that peace would live in our hearts and would never be taken away. We pray all these things, Jesus, in your good and your mighty name, trusting in you. Amen.